Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Echo's Box. That is Picking Flowers by my band Lost in Le Mans. We just dropped that single uh, as of last night when I'm recording this. Obviously, timeline will be weird <laughs> whenever the episode actually drops. But yeah, it's out on all the streaming platforms. We got a little Instagram reel going for it. Um, it's on TikTok as well. So yeah, please please go check that out. I really like that song. In fact, I want to talk about it for just a second. So um, I didn't have too much of a hand, heavy hand in writing that song, but it's still just very relatable uh whenever we play it it's one of my favorite songs to play as the band and the the lyrics and the meaning of the song it's it's more about um experiences with death and especially with with uh the similarity me and one of my bandmates have with, with our father's passing at uh similar ages i guess um but it, it's all about dealing with that weight uh in fact the working title for that song was wait for a while um and yeah, I, I don't really want to talk too much about it, but it's it's important to me. Um, it's one that I value a little bit more than some of the other songs that we write so far. And of course, that'll change as, as things go. And, and it's just a jam. It's fun to play too. Um, but it, it's really important. I was talking with one of my friends this week about how heavily music resonates and how you can really feel uh, through the lyrical content um, and, and the emotion of, of what's being portrayed the emotions of whoever was writing that. That's not always the case. Uh, those emotions can be faked. I mean, I fake them all the time when I'm writing. I write about stuff that's never even happened to me or I'll extrapolate on the truth a little bit just to to make art because that's what it is at the end of the day, uh, at least for me. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a little bit more than that. And even in the that song, there's some stuff that I'm sure is kind of more about the artistic representation or, or pretty words or anything that, that we use to develop those, those kinds of songs. But the energy is still there, and it's something that uh, resonates with me pretty heavily, and I'm very happy with it. So please go check that out and support my band Lost in Le Mans, um, and of course support my solo music as well. Uh, I've got some stuff in the works that I'm excited to share more about once, once those things make progress. Um, but yeah, that's enough about that. Welcome to Echo's Box. This is episode 13. Um, uh, the title of today's episode is Asking for Help. Uh, that's been a really big theme uh, the last couple months, both for people that I've been helping and uh, myself uh, struggling to ask for help when I need it and still struggling with that. Um, so I, I made sure I took some notes before getting into everything because uh, I tried to actually record this a couple weeks ago. I know I've been behind there's just been a lot going on and I'm trying not to stress myself out with stuff because if I'm going to sit here and talk about shared experiences, I want to make sure I've completed the experience, <laughs> right? Before I start talking about more of it, 
uh, because I don't know what resolutions I'll get to. Sometimes it's not so good to talk about it in the middle of the, the moment. Sometimes it's good to let it pass and reflect. And while I still have a lot of things going on, um, I've been able to reflect on exactly what it is that I want to talk about for this episode. So before we get started here, remember, you can reach out to us at echoboxpodcast at gmail.com. Send any inquiries you want there, whether it's, you know, requested topics, uh, guests, ideas, anything like that. Or if you just want to kind of say hi and let us know that you're listening, that would be nice too. We're a small podcast still. So while that, that opportunity for engagement is available, I want to, I want to leave that inbox open, uh, as much as I can. I'll go also, of course, uh, echoes.box on Instagram. You can find all the esoterica series and any clips and stuff that we post and echoes box on TikTok with all the TikTok series that of course I promise I am still working through again, much like with how long it's taken me to record the episode. It's taken me a second with that stuff too. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive in about asking for help. Kind of where I want to start with this is to talk about, um, my independence in, in the present moment and how I operate as a, as an individual day to day. I am a very disciplined and driven individual. Um, and that feels like vomit coming out of my mouth because those are positive qualities in some ways. Uh, but there are some negative, uh, aspects to it too. Um, but what that means to me is that I don't really rely on anybody else. I kind of carve my own path. If people let me down, it really doesn't bother me too much because I'll pick myself up. Um, doesn't mean it's easy. I suffer a lot. In fact, most of the times I'm suffering, I'm suffering now. Um, and I'll probably suffer later. But I don't want to always be suffering. And that's why it's important to ask for help. And that's the whole point of this this podcast uh, episode. So... Uh, right now in, uh, in this moment and for, for the past couple of years, I've operated on this level of independence that is truly um, comes from a place of raw discipline and strength and pulling energy out of my ass to pull myself up by my own bootstraps, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I, I make my own money. I pay my own bills. I carve my own opportunities. I create my own art. I create my own music. I create my own lifestyle. I get to choose how I respond to the world. And a lot of that actually stems from my uh, practices with ceremonial magic. One of my teachers uh, that I, that I kind of follow uh, with, he's not, you know, my personal teacher, but he's, he's somebody I consider a teacher, uh, Jason Louv, uh, go check out magic.me if you, if you haven't, he's got like an awesome little school for, for ceremonial magic and chaos magic and a bunch of other stuff. If you're interested in those kind of spiritual paths, but, uh, I learned a lot from him. And one of the things that he, um, reminded the students of recently, or I feel like he does it all the time. Cause I say recently, but I remember reminding it time and time again, is that once you go down this path, it is, kind of a lonely path it is a path um that is it leaves you no more room for wallowing in your own excuses you are given the power the tools and techniques to choose how you want to respond to this world and take action on that accordingly um damien eccles is another teacher that that i follow pretty heavily um and he says some similar stuff uh, regarding that uh, being kind of a lonely and independent path but also a powerful one because you get to, to choose. You can't control everything in the universe, but you can control your little microcosm of how you react to everything and how you build and structure your life. And when shit hits the fan, you get to pause and say, all right, well, I've got all this this power and energy and, and through this, this focus, at least through 
even if it's just the basic meditation, I can pause for a second and choose how I'm going to respond and therefore manipulate the outcome of it, even though it's something that's not entirely in my control, how my response is my control. And I really live by that pretty heavily and that, that ties into my independence a lot because um, I don't let things drag me down. The only thing that ever really drags me down nowadays is me. And that's my own uh, woes and my own mental health and how I feel about myself and my own growth and my own suffering, my own pain. And that's not caused by anybody else. Sure, there are external factors to it. Um, and there are other people involved with that, but it is mine. It is my burden. Um, and I even treat myself with independence on that. I choose to go to therapy. I choose uh, when I want to open up and how. I choose to work through my problems via, via spiritual practice or practical applications for things. Um, I'm very, very independent in that manner. I really don't rely on anybody else. Um, there are times where I ask for practical help, like if something breaks and I need a hand with something. Some jobs require more than one person. Um, but when it comes to how I live my life overall, uh, often unless I absolutely cannot do it alone, I choose to do it alone. I choose to do it independently because I trust my own response uh, for how I want to do things because I know that I won't let myself down. And now you can kind of see where it goes from being a very positive thing of independence to a very toxic thing. Uh, I'm worried about people letting me down. I'm worried about uh, having to rely on other people and trust and all these kind of external things that um, are actually good to exercise. If you don't do that, then you don't, uh, that you'll, you'll be alone. And one of the things I suffer with really heavily, like I've talked about in previous episodes is a, a deep seated feeling of loneliness. And this independence does not help nurture that at all. It's very, very difficult. So it's, it's good to be independent because you can be relying on yourself you can make it through hard times where you really have nobody else you should be able to have that kind of power and growth for yourself but you shouldn't be required to go through that forever um the the reality is that human beings are a social species not all of us need it some of us need social interaction to very varying degrees some of us are very very introverted and are completely content being alone um I am one of those weird ones who I can I can be extroverted and it doesn't really drain me at all, but I do prefer to use my time and spend it how I am because I and how I want to because I am so independent and so self-reliant. But there comes a point where if you really need a hand, it can be toxic on your brain to be scared to trust other people because there are people out there who you can trust um, and you'll get into a cycle where you won't grow anymore to some extent because and, and maybe this is just more of my own opinion so take it with a huge grain of salt but it becomes more difficult to grow by yourself um and, and take take this perspective for example even if you're a hermit in the woods right no outside contact you you got like a little tent or something um there's only so much growth you can do before you hit a spot where you are stagnant um and that doesn't necessarily lead to a negative life of any sort. You could be very content with your life and, and content with where you are and have no desire to grow anymore. And that's valid. Um, but the, the, the idea there is that you won't be able to. But how, how do people do that? Because there are people that totally live that way who don't really interact with anybody ever, maybe for decades, if ever. Um, well, they interact with things like books 
or maybe they go and listen to someone. They don't actually uh, necessarily create friends or go do social things. Uh, or maybe they go and visit new places and have new experiences. These are still social constructs that you can integrate into your life to help yourself grow and elevate past certain levels without stagnating, even if it doesn't mean you're relying on another person in terms of, hey, can you help me you know, lift the couch or whatever, like something simple like that. Um, even just reading a book, that is somebody else's energy and words and thoughts that have been put down on paper that you can now grow from. They're not your own. Um, and that, that, that helps you grow. So just even with that very, the most minor of uh, external kind of feedback, even like in the form of something as simple as a book or a song, um, that's still more than just being completely isolated to yourself. And you, you need that to grow. At some point, you can't grow on your own anymore. You need something external. And that comes in all shapes and sizes. There's big ones, small ones. There's things that fit different shoes for different people. But the reality is that you can't really keep growing if you just stay on your own the whole time. So that's, that's kind of how I live my life now. I'm very independent and I have a very hard time opening up and asking for help. I open up here more on this podcast than anything else. Cause I'm just talking to myself basically. So, uh, I'm able to rely on myself for that. It's a great example. Um, but I want to backtrack a bit cause I wasn't always this way. I wasn't always so strictly independent that I was scared ask for help because that's where I'm at now and we'll talk about that some more as we go but I want to backtrack first uh for a long time I was very 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 uh, codependent um uh, I had a, a partner I dated for a long long time and even before that partner I uh being in school I wasn't very popular uh by any means um I managed to make small groups of friends here and there uh but I was a weird kid man like I didn't really do the social things so well and my home life wasn't one that was very um nurturing in the ways that it needed to be um it wasn't bad necessarily by any means um i had it better than many many people I had a house to live in always had food had toys uh, had parents who who cared um but there were things that you need for growth in those fundamental stages that if you miss them uh caused a lot of damage and I missed some, I missed out on a lot of stuff. So I grew up really needing validation. Um, I, I remember as early back as I can go, I remember needing to come home every day and like tell my mom about what I was doing. And she would just be so tired. She wouldn't want to listen. She'd just be like, okay, cool. And at, and over time she got irritated sometimes because she would be so tired with what she was going on that she'd be like, all right, stop bragging. That's arrogant or whatever she would say. Um, and I wasn't being like that, but she forced it into my brain that I was this arrogant and, uh, kind of overconfident individual that I was just excited about stuff all the time. But really I, I was just, I didn't have any friends at school and, Whenever I would achieve something or my teacher would compliment me on something or I would receive any ounce of good, I wanted to share that with who I was at home with. And that that didn't happen. So I lost a lot of that nurturing. And that's just one example. But um, that continued that pattern continued throughout my life where I would need validation. And it, and it got to a point where external validation controlled me completely. Um, so like amongst my friends, I would always be... I, I got to a point where I was arrogant in a lot of ways. I'd be like, oh, I can do this and I can do this. But the arrogance didn't play it out because I was such a quiet, 
a reserved person. I didn't want to talk about myself. But as soon as somebody got me to open up a little bit, uh, it was like a wave of energy. It's all this pent up, oh, you know this about me and I do this and this, this, and this, and I think this about myself. And in a lot of ways, I thought more positively about myself back in the day. But um, a lot of those positive thoughts weren't really positive. It was me trying to impress people. It was me trying to relate. It was me trying to get validation from other people that said that, you know, I was maybe trying to convince them I, I was cool or that I could sing or that I knew how to play this instrument or that I knew about this topic that made me seem cooler. And I just wanted them to validate. It's like, oh yeah, we do think that about you uh, because I wasn't thinking of that of myself, but it came across really, really wrong because I had never really had an outlet for validation for it. It made it really difficult to open up to people. And it got to a point where I would um, have like my partner, I, we became really codependent on each other because in relationships, I needed constant reassurance that I was wanted, that I was attractive enough, that I was good enough, that I was kind enough, that I was nice enough. And I would go out of my way to do those things and, and I would do what would be considered the qualities of, of that for my partner um, throughout throughout those early relationships, especially the, the longer term one. But it got to a point where I needed that from them. I needed constant communication. It was very unhealthy um, and controlling. And it, it would be like if my partner was having a bad mood swing one day and I, I would be so insecure, be like, did I cause it? What did I do? What can I do to make this better? Really, I just need some goddamn space. You know, like back off. It's not your fault, but it's about to be if you don't leave me alone. Um, and I didn't know that because I just, I was not focused on them needing space or maybe to vent or some help. I was so focused on uh, what I needed in terms of validation. Be like, oh, you're feeling bad. Is this my fault? You know, and I would need them to validate for me over and over again that it's not my fault before I could even listen to the, what their actual problem was. Um, and eventually it would become my fault because be like, yeah, you're stressing me out now. So like that added to it because I just was dealing with this thing and then you can't even be there for me. So now it's a problem. Um, and it kind of went by vice versa too. Like I said, it was a codependence thing. So they would rely on me heavily for favors and anything else that I needed um, and validation in their own way. So it kind of went both ways, but I will never fully understand the level of their codependence because I thought what I was providing was what was normal and necessary. But the re reality is the, even if that's true, which again, I'll never know, but even if it was, um, it didn't matter because the nature of the relationship, the nature of that codependence was so toxic that, um, I couldn't, I couldn't really fathom doing much unless I knew I was okay first. <laughs> and it's not in a in a selfish way, but it's in a insecure way. It's in a very insecure way. It would it would be, damn, here's this beautiful, wonderful person in my life. Don't let me fuck this up. Let me ask them over and over again if I'm fucking it up or not. So I, I was like that for a very, very long time, but I, I broke from it. Um after that relationship ended especially, um, I, I really started to break from that that pattern because I didn't have a choice I was ripped right out of it and I was like well you don't have somebody to depend on now like you used to and that dependence that you had wasn't healthy to begin with because you um you weren't relying for them uh, on them for anything tangible you're just seeking validation that they liked you until they eventually didn't um and it's so silly because anything I, I would actually need you know if I 
had opened up about something more serious like my depression or my mental state or my eating disorder or my um, sexuality or my uh, body dysmorphia or anything like that, they that would have been well worth talking about. But instead, I just wanted them to accept me as I am and tell me everything was okay all the time, even if it wasn't. And I, I, after that all ended, I didn't have that anymore. And so now I had to sit with that by myself. So I had to break from that and really grow into my, my independence. And that started by discovering my own weight and um, really sitting down and being introspective with my mental health and how I feel and how heavy that feels and how I was ignoring it, pushing it to the side or masking it or making light of it, but still pouring it onto somebody else. I, I stopped that. I went inside my brain and said, all right, what's wrong? And it just dumped it all on me at once. It was like, you are suffering and you are in pain and you have this weight to deal with and it's yours. It's not somebody else's. You have to deal with this because you have pushed it off for too long. You don't talk about it and you're not okay. So I discovered that. Through that discovery, it became a process of understanding myself, understanding what these things were, putting labels on them, things like depression, things like body dysmorphia or eating disorder, insomnia, whatever it was, even the new things that developed because that, that's what ended up happening is I, I developed new symptoms as part of my, my uh, depression that I had to identify with and label. They are parts of me now and at this present moment, and I had to understand them because I can't begin to uh, continue the self-discovery process um, without understanding it. Otherwise, it's just like I find it and it, it just hurts all the time. No, I want to be able to understand it too. So once I did that, I uh, kind of began growing into my independence a little bit more. Um, but that process was during a very rough time where I would crush others with my weight, um, especially at the height of it when I was having to, to sit down with myself. You know, I'd have friends ask me about what was going on and I would just let it go because it was all built up and be like, here's what's going on and it would crush them uh, it, it, the weight was too heavy they would be like damn sorry man and dip or damn sorry man i just don't understand i can't relate and then not offer me any, any, any help and some of those people aren't in my life anymore as a result of that crushing weight and some uh while they're still in my life uh i can't talk to them uh without a mask on anymore um, because I, I don't want to crush them because I understand myself better now, but then there's still that fear uh, and that that's going to be a common theme is that, that fear as we keep talking through this. Um, and so what happened through all that is I crushed so many people with my weight, trying to open up as I was discovering myself and understanding, uh, the weight of my problems that I became abandoned. Um, everybody dispersed. I dispersed from some people. Uh, became completely isolated and that abandonment is what truly finished the growth into full self-reliance because it's like all right i can't call so and so at 2 a.m when i'm having a mental breakdown and you're not going to kill yourself tonight so what do you do you rely on yourself to get through it and it, it grew me so much where i came became so so strong and that's one thing i can say about myself is i am probably the strongest motherfucker you'll ever know i'm not i ain't swole i can take a punch but i'm a still i'm a skinny six foot dude 
Uh, so I'm not physically strong, but mentally the level of discipline I have is insane. The level of patience I have, it's unreal. And recognizing that within myself gave me strength to rely on myself through all things. And it's still to this day what gives me strength. And it took a lot of practice. It took a lot of work. And it, it continues to take a lot of work to upkeep uh, that mindset that keeps me independent. But that's how it happened. I had to grow into it. I had to s- discover myself. I had to understand myself. I had to go through a process where I became completely isolated and abandoned across all my relationships until it was like, you're all you've got. You've got to have your own back. And it was really hard to have my own back because I hate myself, because of my depression weighing me down. It was like, damn, I'm supposed to have my back right now, but I don't even got my own back. Uh, but I made myself have it anyway. I was like, all right. It, it, it was like helping somebody you hate. Like if you ever work with somebody that you just really don't like, but you got to work with them. And so you, you do it anyway and you end up having to help each other, but maybe you're petty about it. Maybe you, uh, develop some toxic habits and some bad traits. That's exactly what happened, whether it was drug abuse or losing sleep or making poor decisions, uh, going through life and how I spent my time during those, those moments. Um, I would, I would do those things. So it'd be like, yeah, I'm going to help you because I have to, because I am you and we got to stay alive. But we're going to do some dumb shit while we're here because I don't like you. Um, and that's that's kind of how it went until uh, for a long time. It wasn't really even until the past year where I started to kind of develop healthier habits and, and open up in healthier ways. And it took a lot of work, a lot of spiritual practice, a lot of therapy, and a lot of going out of my way to genuinely build new relationships as I am now. So... Let's talk about the first time I ever asked for help again. So I was I was suffering. We're going back to that that classic breakup. I was suffering with loss uh, and a broken heart. So I was still suffering with a lot of grief from deaths I had experienced of other people and loved ones, and I was experiencing uh, loss and more grief, which is equivalent to the that experiences from the losing somebody that I, I loved very much, losing that romantic relationship, and it, it really hurt. And I was shoved right into fucking therapy by the person that broke my heart. Granted, needed it, glad they did it, and I'm forever thankful. Um, being kind of tongue-in-cheek about it, it was really important and really critical that that happened. But um, that was the first time I actually asked for help because I went there thereafter, and it was one-on-one, and I began opening it up and said, I need some fucking help because I've lost everything. I've lost all these friends. I lost my partner. I'm not okay with my family and I'm losing everything else one by one too in terms of social relationships and support that I have both practically and emotionally. I need help. You know, I get that I'm paying you to do this uh, and this is literally your profession, but I need this. So I asked for help and I began to receive it. And that is the key component. You have to ask. You have to ask and you have to be ready to receive it. Um, and if you're not ready to receive it and you ask, you're going to damage yourself. You're going to you rub yourself the wrong way. So you got to really make sure that you you need to be ready to receive it. You, you, you'll reach a point. I hope not. I hope you don't reach this point, actually. But you could reach a point like I did where enough is enough and it's too much. And you have to ask for help even if you don't think you're ready to receive it. Um and that's simple and silly sounding, but that, that is the case. So that's, that's when I first began to open up. And 
throughout from then to now, uh, I've gone at least once a week and I do that, but I've also, of course, compounded it. Therapy alone did not get me to where I am currently. I began to do shadow work through my spiritual process, and I want to talk about what shadow work is just a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a new agey type term uh, that a lot of um, very spiritual practices, especially uh, anybody that identifies as like maybe a witch or anything like that, uh, will talk about very frequently. Um, it, but it's a very powerful psychological tool. So what shadow work really is, is a, a process of identifying things about yourself that are not either A, being acknowledged or cared for, or B, are very negative pieces of yourself. There are things that would be considered negative or burdens or uh, just overall like qualities you don't like about yourself. Like maybe it can be as simple as a physical appearance thing to how you treat other people, to how you treat yourself. It can get really deep and broad. Um, and the point is that those things you don't like or those things that are unhealthy for you, even if you're not paying attention to them, you are now forcing yourself to pay attention to them and see how they impact you, see how they control you or see how they they, they need to be uh, controlled better if they're kind of wild and out on their own because it is just you and you're just focusing on those things now for self-improvement. And for me, that looks like kind of calling a piece out of myself where I'll be like, all right, um, you know, at first it was the, the arrogance. It was like, am I arrogant? And be like, no, you're not. You've develop this persona that seems that way but you're actually really genuine and you just need some validation and some nurturing so the answer to that was to begin to validate myself and I still have trouble with that with validating myself because I, I have a hard time believing my own words to myself sometimes uh, my brain fights me on that but um, I did work it out where I don't need external validation anymore I don't really give a shit what other what somebody else thinks about if something is good or bad, I only actually care if I think it's good or bad, and that's harder than anything else. Um, but I realize that my worth doesn't come from everybody else. My worth comes from what I want to live. Am I living my life how I want to live it? And then continuing shadow work was actually part of that process is making sure that I continue to seek out the things that I am unhappy with and figure out why is this a valid thing to be unhappy with about or do I need to begin to accept this because this is a good and valid piece of me it's not all about like the toxic behaviors sometimes it's about the behaviors that you're not taking care of so one of the things that I've uh, begun to do so I can start to open up again is starting to address that fear of being a burden I am terrified terrified in this very moment of opening up in, to other people and describing how I feel on a day to day because I don't want to crush them under the weight because I've done that before. It's a, it's a valid fear that I have. Um, and it's, even though it's scary though, if I never open up again, then I will never heal from some things. Uh, there are some things where I really legitimately want to open up and I'm just so scared that I'm going to be such a burden to people and crush them with my weight they won't be able to help me they won't know what to help me they won't understand me and ultimately that's what i've realized is i just want to be understood um i don't really you know i'm so self-sufficient i don't really care about uh any of the the other aspects i just want to be understood and if somebody actually can practically help me on the side too that's fantastic but i'm scared to do any of that um but i've been trying i've been working really hard and, and the shadow works part of the process of saying all right 
why are we scared of being a burden? And this is a breakthrough I have. I began to understand what being a burden is. And this actually uh, was only triggered in my brain because I would have another friend I was helping uh, expressed to me how she didn't want to be a burden, how she didn't want to burden me. She would be always be like, oh, well, if you need to do this, you know, it's okay. You don't have to help me with something. And I was like, look, you're really not a burden. Like not at all. Because the way I felt is I was happy to help someone. And there are people out there that feel that way. And, and you can know that because you can feel that way. Right. And so it made me ask myself, well, what is a burden? She is scared of being a burden. She thinks she's a burden because maybe other people have told her that. And I feel like I'm a burden when I do something similar to what she's doing. So what makes her not a burden, but I am. And that's when I realized like, oh, I'm not a burden. I'm just scared of being a burden and she's not a burden. And what's the difference? And so that's where that understanding came from. What I found was um, there's a big difference between being a burden and asking for help. A burden is something that comes upon you that is burdensome. It is heavy. It is weightful. It does not care about how you feel. It is there to drag you down. That is a burden. Somebody that comes and asks for help, they may provide you energy that is heavy. They may give you weight that maybe you can't carry for them. They may crush you with a lot of things, or, or, or not actually crush you, but they may may outwardly uh, express so many things that are really heavy and powerful and difficult, but they're not a burden. They're not necessarily trying to crush you. They're asking for help. And it's not always that severe, you know? Um, and I think the big distinction here is, um, a burden will continue to burden you with no regard for how you're feeling. Whereas somebody who asks for help will continue to grow after you've helped them. If you're able to help them, we're not able to help everybody, but if you're able to, and you can, you should. And what you'll find is they'll grow and heal. Now, when somebody asks you for help, and this is kind of where it gets kind of great because I'm describing a burden as its own idea. Somebody who needs help legitimately and is a burden may ask for help and then you'll provide it, but then they'll just keep draining you and draining you and draining you. They'll keep asking for help over and over again. They won't ever fix their problems. They won't ever stick to the growth that you thought they were. And they are literally just there to suck the life out of you. Those are energetic vampires. It's truly vampiric. It is painful and it is a burden. That And that's just one example of a burden. That's just one type of being a burden. A burden doesn't have to be another human being. A burden can be the weight of like a a kind of parasitic uh, financial crisis that you may have that's cyclical that you're having trouble breaking out of that is a burden as well. Um, but just somebody asking for help who's dealing with some really heavy shit, you're not a burden. If you are dealing with really, really complicated and heavy stuff or if you're dealing with stubbing your toe and you're upset and you complain about it, you are not a burden. You're not being a burden. You just needed to open up a vent or you needed some help and that's okay. That's the difference between being a burden and seeking help is that a burden is there to cause problems. If you're a genuine individual that needs some help and you're scared to reach out because you don't want to burden somebody, remember what you're doing is not causing a burden upon somebody. It's you asking for help. Now, uh, not everybody can help everybody. Some people legitimately don't have the strength or energy to help other people at times, and that's okay. 
but that doesn't make you a burden when that happens. And I think we have a really hard time understanding that as individuals and especially as a society where maybe those people will be like, dang, this person dropped this bomb on me and I don't think I can handle it. Man, they're such a burden. Like, no, 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 they're not a burden. It's okay that you can't handle that and that's valid, but they're also valid in asking for help. They weren't trying necessarily to suck the life out of you. It could have been genuine help that they needed and it's okay that you couldn't provide it you weren't that person so it's okay on both fronts neither person is a burden and neither person did anything wrong so that i really want to kind of hammer that home is if you think you're a burden you're probably not being a burden if you don't think you're being a burden and you're asking for help all the time consider how it's impacting other people but and consider why you need so much help so often consider your your dependence on all these people because that's where depending on people becomes unhealthy there should be a really good balance where you are self-sufficient and independent when you need to be and then when it's time to depend on somebody else you can ask for help without feeling like you're going to be a burden so how do you ask for that help um well i think it takes self-discovery first and this is just purely my opinion because what I went through it takes that self-discovery process that I talked about it takes self-realization it's realizing that you need some help it's realizing that you could use a friend it's realizing that you're missing something I I did shadow work just the other night um, where I was really feeling alone in lacking intimacy and I felt really dumb like and I and I mean intimacy is like the purest form of intimacy like there were some romantic features of it, but it was like, you know, holding hands or giving somebody a hug or cuddling or even a, sharing a kiss, like very basic forms of intimacy with somebody that you would want. And the reason it bothered me so much was because of my self-reliance and my independence. I sat down and I was like, man, you haven't had intimacy like that with anybody in a long time. And that's frustrating because that is one of the things you can't provide to yourself. I was writing myself a love note and I was like, damn, you know, I, it's, I can't hold my own hand. I can't hug myself like you can, but it doesn't feel the same way. That intimacy isn't there. So when I'm trying to love on myself and provide myself with intimacy, the only intimacy I can provide is very emotional and uh, cognitively driven. There's no physical touch or external affirmation or connection it's just me and myself and so I was really missing those components that are normal but I was beating myself up I was like that stuff's not necessary that's stupid you want somebody to hold your hand quit being a fucking baby and move along um and I I kind of fought that I fought back I was like hey you're not being real nice to yourself these are basic things that people like these are basic things that other human beings share with other human beings and it's basic shit that you've experienced before you're allowed to want that and feel sad that you don't have it so let's heal you a little bit and so that's something i was able to do even though i can't provide myself with the forms of intimacy that i may miss what i can do is say hey it's valid that you miss those man it's okay it's okay to want that it's okay to not have it right now and i'm gonna have your back until you get there and i'm sorry i can't provide it for you in terms of this, you know, and that's how shadow work works for me is I talk to myself like that. I talk to myself as like if it were my friend or a loved one. Say, hey, I want to love on you and heal this piece and bring it back in and then integrate it. So that self-realization is very important. And then from there, you figure out how to trust other people. So you've done the self-discovery. You've done some self-realization on what you're missing, what you're needing, what's yearning at you, what's bothering you. 
and tried to work on it yourself and been like, you reached the point where it's like, I can't provide this for myself. So now I need to trust somebody else to come in and help me. And that's when you can begin to reach out and say, hey, I'm feeling this way and I really need somebody to talk to. I don't expect you to solve my problems. I don't expect uh, this to be easy, but I trust you. I'm going to trust you with this information and I'm going to explain to you how I feel and we can kind of go from there. And you'd be amazed what kind of support you can get out of that. And even though I still have a hard time fully opening up, whenever I do mention to some of my newer friends, like, hey, I'm not, I'm feeling kind of heavy, they they remind me at minimum of the things that I have been able to tell them. Like, hey, go write yourself a love note, dude. Hey, here's some affirmations. Hey, I think you're great. Hey, thank you for being in my life. You know, they, they'll do what they know to do. The problem is I haven't opened up enough for them to really know how to help me through things because I'm so independent that it's like, no, nah, man, I got it. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling down. And like, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's like, it's okay, I got it. <laughs> when really I should be like, yeah, can we get coffee and, and talk about this? Um, and it's not that I don't trust them. It's that I'm still carrying that fear for myself. Um, but hey, at least I know how to ask for the help and I do it all the time. I just don't do it to depth. So you have to kind of keep going from there, baby steps. You start there with what you're comfortable with and then you'll eventually kind of be in a place where I am where it's like, all right, I need to go deeper, but maybe I'm not ready rinse and repeat the cycle of self-discovery and self-realization until you build confidence and familiarity with yourself to be able to trust others and ask for help. Because what's cool about that and doing those steps first is even if your trust gets broken by somebody else, you didn't confide anything into them that you didn't already know about yourself. You already kind of accepted the state of your being first and kind of in some ways accepted the risk of what it meant to trust those people. But more often than not, if you're really opening up to the right people, it'll, it'll be so worth it. And that's true. And I can, I can assure that and validate that even though I haven't been able to go deep, I've still been able to open up and ask for help about things. Um, even small things like watching my dog or something real quick. Like it's, it's, it gets easier to do that as you understand yourself better and what you need so that you can ask for help so that you can say, okay, yeah, I'm independent, but it's time for me to, to have a hand with this. Let's flip the script though. Let's go to the other side of the equation. How do you help others? So I've kind of been coming from this perspective of somebody that needs to ask for help, but I'm somebody that spends 90% of my time focused on other people that I love and care for and helping them because I've got myself taken care of. Even if it's a little bit toxic, I don't worry about me so much. I handle me and then I handle them. And that's, that is a positive thing. So before you can even begin truly helping others, you need to make sure that you are helping yourself, that you do have the support, that you do have the help from the external parties that you need, or that you have the independence and strength to carry out your own stuff because you don't want to let other people's issues impact you because it's not about you. You are helping them. It's about them. Every time it's about them. It's no longer about you. So before you step into that role, you have to help yourself first. You have to be there for yourself first and be secure with yourself because you don't want to make your problems theirs and you don't want to make their problems part of your problems. Uh, Helping them is a completely different uh, path. So once you've done that, how do you go about actually practically doing it well step one is always just to freaking listen like don't say anything don't say shit listen when they ask you to speak 
when they ask you for the advice or when there's a moment of pause and silence, then and only then speak. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Listen to them. They are there asking you for help, which means they have something to say. And they will struggle. You know, you could have shy people who are trying to open up for the first time and be like, I don't know how to do this. And you can offer reassurance, but don't tell them what to do. Say, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, I'm listening. It's okay. Take your time and be patient and only act if requested. So once they are done telling you about whatever it is that they need some help with, wait for them to request your help. You can offer, you can say, is there anything I can do? And if they say no, then you say, okay, well, let me know if there is and what that is. Otherwise, I'm here to continue to listen and then repeat continue to listen to them because some people really just do need to get some shit off their chest and they don't need you for anything else the help you provided was the sounding board so just shut up and listen that's how you help others at the most basic level and then of course if they do request help for you evaluate for a second if it's something you can do and then do it commit to it carry it out do it genuinely and most importantly don't expect anything in return. You are helping somebody. This idea of social debt that I did something for you, so therefore you owe me something is such fucking bullshit. We're human beings trying to get along and survive. This isn't a transaction. This is me helping you. Help is is debtless. Help is not something that costs anything. I'm very passionate about that that is very important to me when somebody asks me for help i don't want to think them they that they owe me shit because that's toxic because then every time they come to me for help they're going to think oh well shit now i gotta do something for him in return no you don't you don't have to do anything for me i helped you because i loved you and i care about you you deserve that help that's how you should treat people that's how you help everybody else and never ever complain or blame shift when things get hard. If somebody comes to you, maybe it's a problem about you or it's about somebody else you care about, don't shift the blame onto them for their problem. Just because it's a hard conversation does not make, you don't get to make them the victim. Shut up and listen. It always goes back to shut up and listen. And you can help them self-actualize. There's a, there is a difference because some people are uh, almost kind of caught in their own loop where it really is their fault. It's their fault they're in the situation they're in, but they almost need to realize it themselves sometimes. And you can be a pivotal person for them to help them through that, but don't just be like, man, oh no, it sounds like your fault. You can instead say something like, hey, it sounds like you're kind of like repeating this pattern a lot. Like, what do you think the cause is? Ask them what they think it is instead of assuming or shifting it because they may not be telling you the whole story. And if they are, they need to have that realization for themselves of if it really is their fault just because it's hard. But don't blame shift. Also, don't move things onto you. You know, I talked about uh, at the very beginning of the episodes, like I would need so much validation that when my partner would open up to me about something, I would ask them if I was okay first. No, 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 no. Put your shit to the side for a second and say, oh, okay, this person's having a bad time. Let me listen to what's wrong. Because guess what? If it If it's something that's not to do with you, then you're going to realize real quick that you and the other person are fine. You don't need extra validation because it was never something that was wrong with you to begin with. They were just dealing with some of their own shit and they needed you. What they needed was an ear. And if anything, that's so validating because they came to you. They trusted you. You were the person. There's your validation. So shut up. And then from there, um, 
you know, you don't want to uh, flip it and start talking about your problems either. It's one thing to relate and make correspondences. And that's something I do often. Whenever somebody asks me for help and they describe a story or they tell me about what they're going through, I may be able to draw a parallel. But the only purpose in doing that is to say, hey, I don't feel what you're feeling right now, but I went through this similar thing. So I want you to know that you're understood. And I know there's differences in these things and I, and, and I don't want any empathy or pity. I'm not telling you this because I want to talk about me now. I'm just saying, hey, I get you. I understand and I'm going to keep listening. It's okay. Keep opening up. It's When you do that, you're not trying to talk about you. You're, you're supposed to be very brief and you're supposed to talk about that thing to be related to be relatable and to show them that you understand so they open up more the whole point in that is so they can keep opening up and keep growing and confide in you so that way they can get the help that they deserve and that's how you help others so just some closing thoughts i know i kind of got kind of heavy and passionate but this has been real important to me because uh one of my friends has needed a lot of help lately and, and i love her to death and i'm so so happy to provide the help and I know it's hard for them to internalize because it's hard for me to internalize whenever somebody says they care for me too so like I, I get it and I understand so I keep providing it because I do understand because you're not a burden so that and that's the the, the repeat is the closing thought is remember you're not a burden if you just need help you need help that doesn't make you a burden and I know that I'm scared still and it's okay to be scared, but I'm going to keep repeating that to myself. And I want you to, to as well is like, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling like you, you're burdensome, whenever you reach out to people, realize the difference between what it means to be a burden and what it re means to be just a genuine person that needs some help. It doesn't matter how heavy your weight is or what you're experiencing. If you're being genuine and you need some help and your intention is to grow and continue forward, you're not being a burden. Even if those people, even if you hit brick wall after brick wall, keep pressing forward because there will be someone that provides you with help because you put in the initiative to seek it. That's how it works. It's the first thing you said, I'm ready to receive help. Go seek it and keep seeking until you find it and you'll grow. So you're not a burden. So thanks for listening to me ramble on about what it means to ask for help and what it means to be somebody who helps other people. Uh, I know that was a lot of stuff, um, but I'm glad I finally got through it. That was much more structured than I thought it would be. Um, I don't know what the ep next episode will be about. I'm going to try to make some more comics and stuff in the meantime. Keep an eye out on the music stuff. You know, echoboxpodcast at gmail.com, echoes.box on Instagram, and echoesbox on TikTok. Check us out on all the things. And here's some more of Picking Flowers by my band Lost in Le Mans. Go check us out and show us some support. Until next time.